all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Body of Christ Real Talk. Hola a todos. Bienvenidos a una verdadera charla sobre el cuerpo de Cristo. A little leaven. Leaveneth the whole lump. A little leaven. Leaveneth the whole lump. You you ever try to uh, figure out what did that mean? What did Jesus mean when he said a little leaven? Leaveneth the whole lump. Let's talk about that. And I'm going to give a little breakdown and or a little breakdown and a definition of what this what's going on today in our church. Hello, everybody. This is Joseph Brownlee. Welcome to a quick topic. This is a quick topic I want to talk about. What I mean by quick topic is not going to be one of my long winded topics. So it's going to be one of my quick topics. I promise you that. Hello, everybody. Good morning. Good mid morning. Good afternoon. Good mid afternoon. Good evening. Good mid evening. And to my night listeners, welcome to Joseph Brownlee, Body of Christ Real Talk. Hello, everybody. Thank you for that beautiful virtual introduction from my from my beautiful fiance, Christina Nemo Fu. My Nemo Fu. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. A little leaven. Leaven it the whole lump. Now, that's the King James version of saying that a little leaven leaveneth or leavens the whole lump. That phrase leaven used when Jesus used leaven, he's talking about yeast. Yeast, you can uh, put yeast, you can make a bread. They used to make bread then, and they put yeast in it, and yeast make the bread rising. It's what we call uh, old school moms, and my mom used to put in flour, they call it, they used to ask, Mom, baby, go to the store and give me some self-rising flour. Remember that? Remember that? Self-rising flour. So it, it rises the bread or whatever they put it in cake or whatever it rises a little leaven and makes it fluffy or whatever like that so just put a little of that in there and it leavens the whole it makes the without the yeast the bread don't rise so you put that yeast up in there in other words it makes it rise it leavens it, something like that okay now what jesus was talking about that was a metaphor he was using a metaphor or you could say an allegory, which he done quite a bit. You know, a metaphor of telling you when he said a little leaven, leaven of the long, the uh, the whole lump. He was talking about mess, junk, sin, false teaching, that type of stuff. False teaching, false doctrine. The leaven of the Pharisees back then was doing was was teaching false doctrine. They was teaching false things. They was doing, uh, teaching a lot of traditional, man-made traditional stuff and junk like that. So that's what Jesus called in 11. That's what he was warning his disciples about. Okay, now what I want to talk about this quick topic, 
that's one of the problems or probably one of the main problems we have at the church today. And I was listening just now to one of my favorite teachers. Uh, before I get to that, I want to I want to just I don't know if you guys heard Charles Stanley. One of my inspirational Bible teachers, man, this man, I got a lot of my ways of teaching and thinking back in the day, especially in the uh, 80s and early 90s from Charles Stanley passed away. He's gone home now. He's in glory with the Lord in the heavenly places. He was 90 years old, so he lived past his time. So brother Charles Stanley, Pastor Charles Stanley passed away the other day. I think it was yesterday, the day before yesterday. One of my, and I mean this honestly, he was one of my biggest inspirations when I first got saved. I got saved but because of Charles Stanley, I learned how to be saved because of Charles Stanley. So I, I want to just let you all know one of my, I call them the giants, one of my, one of my giants in Christ, you know, and everything like that. So Charles Stanley passed away the other day and God bless his heart. He's in glory now. He's not in pain. I don't know if he died in pain or whatever like that, but uh, I didn't even know if he was sick, you know, but. He was 90, so you have those ailments, but he, he was a giant man. He passed away the other day. Brother Charles Stanley, Pastor Charles Stanley, God bless his heart. I got a lot from this man. I had tears in my eyes. Why? Because this man's teaching inspired me so much. Pastor Charles Stanley. Okay, now what I want to talk about, the church. Leaven in the church. There's leaven in many churches. Now, what church I'm talking about? Let me give you a definition of church first. First of all, you have to understand what is the church and who is the church. First of all, the what is the church is the body of Christ. The body of Christ is the church. When the Bible used church and the uh, when the when the Bible talks about church, the Bible always talking about a physical body, a physical person, not a building, never a building. It's a gathering of people, a gathering of humans, a gathering of the flesh, physical flesh. When the Bible talks about the church, it's talking about an organism. Even the kingdom of heaven, they had the church, the church in the wilderness. The, the three times the Bible mentions a church, which means assembly, assembly of people coming together. This is That is a church. This always have been a church. And the church was basically all believers, whatever they believed in, whether it was a, the kingdom program on, in Jesus' earthly ministry whether they was following Moses back then, the church and the wilderness was the people. It's always the people. Remember, the church is always the people, never a building, okay? And the body of Christ is an organism, is a church. Christ is the head. We, if you are saved, is the body, hands, arms, whatever, like that. That's a metaphor, as a body, a spiritual church. So just let's get that definition out there. The church is always people, assembly, ecclesia, it's never a building. It's never a place. It's always a uh, people. Okay? Let's get that out the way. Now, so when I mention this church, I'm talking about church buildings. Okay? Church buildings. You know, buildings that people gather together. You know, and they assemble. You know, believers and unbelievers gather together. And I'm going to get that to that and I'm going to cut that off. Okay. Now, one of the issues and probably one of the main issues in the so-called building church where people gather and go in that church, you know, is 
when I, I just heard Les Feldick and he made a point, but I want to add more to that. A lot of when Jesus talking about a little leaven, leaven is the whole lump, and I just de- broke down what what the, what that mean. The church is doing that now. They've been doing it for quite a few years. All denominational churches does this. And what do you mean, Joe? First of all, I just told you what the who the church is. The church is always believers, always gathering of believers when it comes to the Bible church. Always a gathering of believers, correct? So if there's any mishap in the church, it always knocks us off balance. Many people that was in the assemblies in those churches back then, when they when they went the wrong way, they got rebuked. They got chastised. Let's give you the, uh, an illustration like uh, Acts 5, Ananias and Sapphira. The church, the kingdom church, what happened to them? The Holy Spirit will struck them dead when they lied about their finances, what they done with their finances. Because they was out of, you know, they broke rules within the church. Now, that would not happen to them if they wasn't believers, but they was in the church. So I'm going to get that on out there right there. So the church is always believers, Christians, you know, they was called Christians later on in Antioch, but they was believers. Let me just make it simple for you. Believers. The churches today, sadly to say, is full, church buildings is full with the majority of unbelievers. And I think a lot of that has to do because as growing up, and I can talk with myself, that, that we was always taught the churches for the ones that we could bring anybody in from the outside world and then try to teach them and win them to God. That's man's definition of the church. That's the, maybe they came from Catholicism or whatever, I don't know where it came from. I'm going to look at that one time. But our definition of church has always been that anybody can come in to get saved. It was open to the world. Let me just put it that way. The church buildings was open to the world. Open to the world. All right. So the traditional churches of today, mostly all churches, all churches are mostly 98 to 99% of churches today, denominational churches, worship that way. That you can accommodate anybody that want to come to church. I'm not saying it's evil, not saying it's bad, but I'm just trying to break, give you a definition. What's the problem with the so-called church today? Then I'm going to break down how they, how they done it then and how we supposed to do it. Okay. And uh, how you supposed to do that according to when you're reading the Bible also as well. Now, people never, a lot of people never heard this type of teaching before, but it's biblical. If we could correctly follow the Bible way of defining the church and who what the church is, once you understand what the church and who the church is and who supposed to be in the church, it'll stop a lot of confusion. You will know you have been doing it the wrong way and your pastors or whatever been showing you the wrong way. That's why so much mess in the church because the majority of the church is filled with unbelievers. They are filled with church goers. They are filled with religious people. The church in the today, you know, is just predominantly unsaved people. If you have from the biggest church to the smallest churches. I'm not saying there's no saved people in there, but it's predominantly unsaved people. Why? Because the majority of the people, not going to say the majority, but a lot of the big mega churches, they have a lot of unsaved people come up in their, in their church for entertainment reasons, for, you know, whatever fleshly reasons and a little bit of spiritual reasons they come into the church building 
See, they think the church is a building. Majority of the churchgoers look at the church as a building, a gathering. They look at the church like it's a modern-day synagogue, you know, like the Pharisees and all them just hang out, or even some of the religious leaders and, you know, you know, all them, you know, some of the believers. A synagogue, synagogue and church is not the same. Okay, I, I ain't gonna teach on that. But synagogue, but most people go to church today. They go to ch- they go to a church building. That's the church to them. They probably heard of them. They they a lot. Most believers know they are part of the church, but they still look at the church building as the church for the believers. They believe that we're supposed to gather all the unsaved in there. That's what a come as you are come in. Come as you are, a man traditional way of saying bringing people to Christ. Come as you are. Now it's not a problem with bringing somebody in a church building, but it's not the biblical way. It's not the biblical way, because the only way a person can be born in the church—I don't mean born again, but a born in the church. He has to be saved. He has to become a believer. She has to become a believer to become part of the church. And then they grow from there. It's not the other way around. Salvation is first when it comes to joining the physical body church. Salvation is always first. So when Peter and the 12 and all the ones that was around them, all of them, they were all believers. When they followed Jesus back then, they didn't follow Jesus because they wanted him to be their Messiah or King. They followed him because he was feeding them and doing things like that. So they just followed him for freebies. They wasn't part of the, see, it wasn't a church. They didn't call them church then. The, the word church came in the, uh, in the book of Acts in the day of, I think, Antioch. You know, that's when the church was, that's, I mean, I mean, the church. I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm wrong. I'm thinking about Christians. But Christians, that, that word wasn't used back then when Jesus was on earth. Christians came later in the day of Antioch. We make, it means Christ, like the Christ follower. Uh, they used to call them the ones of the way. So the term Christian came later on down the line in the book of Acts in the time in the day of Antioch, you know, under the Apostle Paul's ministry, okay? But so you can't call Christians in Jesus' day. You can't call them Christians because that word wasn't even thought of, okay? They were just followers. And the ones that was part of the church was believers, Okay, and the twelve was called disciples. You got that right. So you Jesus had a lot of believers that believed that he was a king and a messiah. So once they believed that, they became part of the assembly. They became part of the church. You got that right. Not Christian, but part of the church. Christian came laying on down the line. All right. So he had many followers, but that's why only 120 wind up in the upper room when the, poor, the day of Pentecost, the pouring down of the Holy Spirit came down. Only 20 wind up in the upper room, including Jesus' mother, Mary. Okay, his earthly mother, Mary. All right. The rest of them scattered and left and they never believed Jesus anyway. So they was never part of the church. All those thousands and seven, eight thousand, whatever, ten thousand was never believers. Okay, today, under the body of Christ, to be part of a church or the church, you must be saved because the church is a spiritual thing. It's a spiritual awake. It's a new creation. It's a spiritual awakening. So for you to be part of the church, the church basically is believers. So when you come together, you come together with other fellow believers and you grow and that's the church. Then what about the unsaved? We go out to the unsaved as ambassadors. They went out as the Great Commission, but we go out as ambassadors to the world and win them to Christ to help them to come part of the church, not to bring them to our building, 
not to bring them to nothing like that, but become part of the church, the body of Christ. You you follow that. You understand that. I'm trying to get that in your head so I can get in your heart for that reason. So get that 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 definition of church being a building. Many people go to a church building, but they're not part of the church. Let me say that again. Many people go to a church building, but they're not part of the church. Now, the ones that are saved that go to a church building, they are part of the body of Christ church. Not that building. That building means nothing. That's just a building. I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with worship in the building, nothing like that. I'm just trying to break it down. I'm trying to stop you to go to some type of church building like that. I just want you to get an understanding first. What is the church and who is the church? The church is not a building. The church is not a synagogue. The church is people. If you are a believer, the church is you. The church is an organism. The church is a spiritual being. It's part of the body of Christ. Once you know that, then you can grow. So when you fellowship, you fellowship with believers. The majority of Paul's books is to, his teachers is to believers, not unbelievers. When he makes certain rules, he's talking to believers, not unbelievers. When he talk about certain growth, he's talking to believers, not unbelievers. So the 13 books of Paul is to believers. He's talking to the church believers, not the unsaved. The unsaved just can't read it and apply it to themselves. It's only for the saved. You probably say, what, Joe, all the time? If you're not saved, you're reading the Bible. No, it's not meant for you because you're not saved. It only applies to you when you are saved and believe what Jesus done on the cross, his death, burial, resurrection off the cross, according to 1 Corinthians 15, 1 to 4. Then you become part of the church. That's why the Bible says in 1 Timothy 2 and 4, God's will is for all men to be saved and then come into the knowledge of the truth. You can't come into the knowledge of the truth if you're not saved. This is not for everybody. This is not for unbelievers. So when Jesus talked about the leaven, I'm just, I'm putting it this way. It's too much leaven in churches now. And I like what Les Felder was saying. When people come to church, could I just come in and we want to do a little, this? I, I live this way. Come on in. I've got that want to come in. You come on in. So the churches today invite, invite everybody into the church. They try to get them saved in the church. And, and the majority of the time people don't get saved. They get religious. It depends on what the church teaching as well, because if you're teaching the rightly divided word of God, people are not going to stand the church. They're going to leave. <clears throat> so you know your believers from unbelievers. They're going to leave. But if you're teaching prosperity, you're teaching healing, you're teaching, you know, you're not teaching sin. You soft on sin, you know, like a lot of politicians today in Chicago soft on crime. You get a crowd. Because they don't feel no conviction, so they feel loose. That's what the problem with the church now. The church is over-leavened. It's a lot of too much leaven in church buildings today. Not the body of Christ, church buildings. That's why churches, a lot of churches is not growing building-wise. And a lot of churches that's in the body of Christ is mixing it up and compromising too much with the world. And they are not growing. They will go to heaven but they're getting a lot of leaven in themselves. So we have to be careful. People might not like that, but you find yourself by yourself sometimes, even from some of your church brothers and sisters, because they filled up with too much leaven. They got too much worldly thinking in them. 
You understand what I'm saying? It's too much man-made traditions and denominations and stuff like that. So that's what I mean by Jesus. Not that's what I mean. It's too much leaven in the church because they allow too many things in the church. They allow all kind of junk and sin in the church, and people continue to live the way they live. Some. You know, some get saved. People do get saved in church. Yes, it becomes the body of Christ. But the majority of the church is filled with a lot of leaven that should not be in the church. What I mean, unsaved people, they're not going to get saved. So the church does not grow. You understand what I'm saying? All right. I hope you got something out of that. This is Joseph Brownie. Now, the way to be part of the true church, the body of Christ, the new creature, is by Believe in 1 Corinthians 15, 1 to 4, Jesus' death, the burial, and resurrection. Believe in genuinely. You have to genuinely in your heart believe that Jesus died for you. He died for your sins 2,000 years ago. So the issue is not your sins. The issue will be your unbelief if you go to hell today by not believing. So that's the way to be saved today by believing. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 and 4, the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ for your salvation today. And then you will be part of the real, true church. And you, then you need to start fellowshipping with other believers as part of the body of Christ, which is the church. So you can go stronger and learn the knowledge of the truth. Then you become, Then you go out there and do your job I don't mean job as a work job, but a, a job for God by your being an ambassador to tell people about the reconciliation God has done so they could be reconciled back to God. We then have the ministry of reconciliation. That means we go out and we try to get people reconciled back to God because he already reconciled himself to the world because he's not charging no one with sin. So he reconciled himself to the world. Now people need to be saved. And one way to be saved is to be reconciled back to him so they can be part of the church, the real church, not a building, the body of Christ. Period. God bless you all. Joseph Brownlee with some nuggets for the day. Body of Christ, we're talk quick topic. God bless you. Love you. Bye-bye. Peace out. Left out, baby. <laughs> Love you. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday.